Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Texas responds after Amy Coney Barrett and John Roberts side with the liberal justices and say, tear down this razor wire. An absolutely atrocious ruling by the United States Supreme Court. And uh, today, the Border Patrol Council president came out and said, agents support what Texas was trying to accomplish. So why would the Supreme Court do this? Why would the United States government want this razor wire taken down? Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. That is the big story of the day today brought to you by Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. Go see him today for your perfect smile, VenariaDental.com. Yeah, this ruling by the Supreme Court is, uh, it's despicable. It really is despicable. So what the court did today was in a 5-4 decision. They said that the razor wire that Texas had erected to keep people from crossing into their state illegally uh, needs to come down. Now, Texas does not have to take it down, but federal agents will take it down, and they're allowed to. And Texas is defending their right here, and they should. They should defend their right to do this because they have to protect their state. What are they supposed to do is my question. They're a border state. We have a United States government that is allowing an invasion to occur at the southern border. And Texas is bearing the brunt of it. So what are they supposed to do? You know, and then all these whiny blue state governors and blue state mayors, they all come out and they whine and they moan and they say, you know, we don't want these people here. Don't send them here. We don't have the resources. We don't have the resources. And the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, turns around and says, we don't have the resources. You know, listen, I mean, you, you guys, what you're dealing with here what is, is a fraction of what we have to deal with in Texas. It is a fraction of it. By the way, Trump is, um, he's got about a 20-point lead over Haley in tomorrow's New Hampshire primary. It's not going to be close. It's going to, I mean, she's going to get crushed. Um, but I do, I do love the drama. I do love how everybody's pretending like this is really a dramatic moment right now. Like there's a chance that Haley might beat Trump in New Hampshire. DeSantis dropping out was the best thing for his political future, but it was also the best thing for 
Trump. He was going to win regardless. DeSantis would have got crushed, but now Trump is going to beat Haley uh, even even more because the, the majority of DeSantis voters will go to Trump, no question about it. Some may stay home, but only a very small amount are going to back Nikki Haley. So this was a good move. This was a good move by DeSantis to do this. The other thing is that there's a big development in Georgia. What's happening in Georgia with Fannie Willis. Now, Fannie Willis is the district attorney in Fulton County. She's the one who's trying to destroy Donald Trump. And she has a a boyfriend. The boyfriend happens to be the guy that she hired to do the prosecution at about $650,000. Now, this guy has no business doing this whatsoever. He's a guy that has experience being basically a municipal court judge. So he gets hired by his gumada, who brings him in to lead the prosecution against a former president of the United States on this novel theory that Trump tried to overturn the election results in Georgia, which, of course, he did not do. So then wouldn't you think you'd hire a really top prosecutor? I mean, somebody who's really good at this. And nope, because she wants to go on nice trips. And that's exactly what's been happening. She's been going on fancy trips. She's been going on cruises and he's been taking her. So he's going through a divorce, and as part of this divorce now, he's going to have to answer, did he have an extramarital affair, and was it with Fannie Willis? And that money is the issue. It's not because the judge is looking for some, you know, to to punish him morally. It's a question of, did you get this money, and did you share it with your wife, and is this part of the divorce? And in the course of all that, Fannie Willis's case against Trump is going to blow up because this is such a clear conflict of interest that when all this comes out, she will not be allowed to continue the prosecution, nor will her boyfriend. That means then that they have to get a new prosecutor. Good luck. Good luck with that, because now there's, first of all, the system in Georgia to select a replacement prosecutor. It's not like there's a deputy in her office who's going to take over. They literally have to get an outside prosecutor to do this now, an outside district attorney. And nobody may want to because it's a bad case. Fannie Willis ran on a campaign of getting Donald Trump. She hoped that this would bring her into the uh, Georgia governor's mansion at some point. But it's over. I mean, this is a disaster. This is a complete and utter disaster. And so now the deposition that she was going to have to do, and which she would have to admit under oath that she's having an affair with this guy, that's been put on hold, but the judge is going to get the truth from uh, her gumada, her boyfriend, and then when that comes out and everybody realizes that there's a record, because there is, of him buying airline tickets for them and going on cruises together and all these other things, this is done. The case in Georgia is over. New York's a civil case, so that's nothing. And then, of course, you know, on the federal level, the special counsel, Jack Smith, well, that guy's case has been put on hold, too. So basically, any efforts to get Trump out of the race legally, in terms of, I mean, by using the court system, I should say, that's not going to happen. That's over. That's done and not going to happen. Over. Forget it. So now they have to, now the Democrats really have to figure out what they're going to do with the old geezer in the White House. There's all the little fantasies about Trump either being in prison or, uh, you know, being executed by, I don't know, the Georgia criminal code or something. It's all gone now. Here's a little flashback for you. In a video which recently resurfaced, Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis promises while on the campaign trail in 2020 that she would not date people with whom she worked. 
The Free Beacon discovered video of the district attorney talking about the subject in April 2020, just months before she was elected. She also said it would be unfortunate if taxpayers had to pay for an elected official's sexual misconduct. Cut 13. Um, It is saddening to me if young women felt like they came to work and they were, one, even judged for being a woman, but two, if certainly they felt uncomfortable within the workplace. Mm -hmm. Um, That will not be something that is allowed on my watch. Um, Supervisors under my leadership that are not encouraging and building up my staff will not be supervisors long in my administration. And um, I certainly will not be choosing people to date that work under me. Let let me just say that. Um, You know, we are at a place in society where things happen in people's relationships, husband and wife. Sometimes there are outside relationships. I don't think that that's what the community is concerned about, although there, you know, there might be a a moral breaking in that. I think that what citizens are really, really concerned about is if you chose to have inappropriate contact with employees. I mean, there's nothing that I can say on it other than it is distracting. Um, it is certainly inappropriate for the number one law enforcement officer in this state. Um, and it just it, it really, really saddens me. And it will be very unfortunate if the taxpayers of this community have to pay for any of those lawsuits. Exactly. That's the way I feel. Well, here's the thing. Not only have the taxpayers had to pay for your phony prosecution of Trump, but your the $650,000 that your boyfriend got that the taxpayers had to pay for is now the reason why your case is about to go up in flames and the Georgia legislature should impeach you and remove you from office. I'm assuming they have that power. I don't know the Georgia Constitution, but if they do, then they absolutely should do that. There's no question about it because Fannie Willis has abused her office here. So the Georgia case is done. It's dead. It's dead in its tracks. And the feds have nothing either. Don't forget, too, there's still a question of whether or not, as President Donald Trump had immunity from the events of January 6th, certainly his words that day, that case will be decided by the district court in D.C. at any moment and then appealed to the Supreme Court, most likely. So then that means that this is going to get dragged on. Their idea of stopping Trump by putting him behind bars is over. It's done. It's over. Period. Trump reacted to uh, Governor Ron DeSantis endorsing him. Called him a very gracious person. He said he was very, very happy to have his endorsement. And um, I think that not only was this a wise move for DeSantis to be able to uh, avoid a massive loss tomorrow in New Hampshire, Trump's grateful I think that DeSantis is probably going to be get an elevated position at the convention, if not do the nominating speech. He'll be up there in a, in a prominent role, and he should. He should be, because he's a, he's a great governor. He's already put out a statement today slamming the United States Supreme Court. Again, you know, I've always been favorable of Ron DeSantis. I've always liked the guy I told you when he spoke at the Union League a year ago. I thought he was fantastic. But I also know that this was not his time. It was just Trump was an unmovable force. But this is what he tweeted out. He said, the Supreme Court is siding with the Biden administration against Texas by allowing the federal government to take down razor wire on the border. Texas is trying to enforce our laws and uphold our sovereignty, while the federal government is disregarding the law and ignoring its responsibility to protect our borders. What an upside down world. Joe Biden wants this invasion of the southern border to continue. The federal government wants this to continue. That's why they are going to start removing the razor wire. And there's nothing Texas can do. 
because the feds are going to go in there heavily armed and take down the razor wire. And when this occurs, I hope they show it on live TV so that Americans can see the Border Patrol using their resources to take down a deterrent from people invading the country, to take down a national security deterrent to protect the state. I hope you watch it. I hope they show it on live TV. I hope people can see with their own eyes exactly what this administration is trying to do. Anything that could serve as a deterrent to people crossing into this country illegally, they want removed. And under the guise of razor wire is mean and it might hurt you and put law enforcement at risk because somebody might get tangled up in it. I mean, all their stupid excuses. And that's why I've been saying throughout the show today, I say wherever there's razor wire, we should have to take it down. Anywhere. If there's razor wire by jails and courts and prisons, razor wires by airports, outside power plants, wherever it needs to come down. Because it is a very effective deterrent, but it's mean. And it might scratch people. It might get scratchy. Scratchy, scratchy. And then, using the administration's logic, it will jeopardize law enforcement. So that means if somebody's trying to escape from prison, that means that if they go through barbed wire, that puts the corrections officials' lives at risk. So therefore, that's not, you got to take that down too. So wherever there's razor wire throughout America, it needs to come down. Anywhere and everywhere. Because it's the only way to follow that logic. We know it works at the border. That's why they want it taken down. So it works everywhere. Because it's sharp and it cuts you and makes you go scratchy scratch. Scratch, you got an itch, might get infected. Might need to put a little, you know, antibiotic cream on that. Neosporin or something. But point is, it's mean. It's got to come down. So I say it has to come down everywhere. If we're going to be consistent here. But Texas, you know, I hope that Texas does everything in its power to try to push back on this. They're limited in what they can do, obviously, because the federal government's going to go in there, uh, guns blazing, and tear down this razor wire. But the only thing I can say is that let it be used for political advantage. Let everybody see it happen. Show it live. And make sure that people understand. Because this is an issue that is crossing party lines. The extreme... uh, I shouldn't say the extreme because it is the majority. The Democrat Party wants open borders. The Democrat Party does. The establishment of the Democrat Party and the people at the top absolutely do. But on the local level, the local Democrat mayors, local Democrat governors, the ones who all cried about wanting to be amnesty in sanctuary cities and all the other nonsense, they're all feeling the brunt of this because, yes, very smart for Texas and Florida to send illegal immigrants to those places, too. There's also an update on the Capitol riot probe, as it's called. Uh, Over 100 files were deleted before the Republicans took control. 100 files by the J6 committee. What were in those files? They were deleted before the Republicans took majority. We'll talk about that as well. But here's what Trump said about Ron DeSantis after receiving his endorsement uh, in Rochester, New Hampshire, cut number two. Before we begin, I'd like to take time to congratulate Ron DeSantis and, of course, a really terrific person who had gotten to know his wife, Casey, for having run a great campaign for president. He did. He ran a a really good campaign, I will tell you. It's not easy. They think it's easy doing this stuff, right? It's not easy. But as you know, he left the campaign trail today at 3 p.m., and In so doing, he was very gracious, and he endorsed me, so I appreciate it. 
I appreciate that. And I also look forward to working with Ron and everybody else to defeat crooked Joe Biden. We will have to get him out. We have to get him out. He's put our country at great peril, at great peril. So I just want to thank Ron and uh, congratulate him on doing a very good job. It's a tough situation. It's a tough thing to do. I'm thrilled to be here. And he also retired the name to Sanctimonious. Now, as I mentioned to you, executive producer Matt DeSantis has COVID. So he's home right now with a warm blankie. What's that? Allegedly. Right. True. Allegedly. We don't know for sure. We haven't seen the COVID test results, Henry. It's a good point. But he has a warm blankie and some chicken soup. Do you think he has a whoopee? (laughs) What is a whoopee? Whoopi, it's the blanket from Mr. Mom that the kid had, the Whoopi. Oh, I've never seen that movie. Oh, it's a good movie. You should see it. It's probably yeah. sexist now. You can't, you can't, you know, I mean, but 220, 225, whatever it takes. Uh, Michael Keaton, it's great, great movie. But the Whoopi, I remember that, the Whoopi. Anyway, he probably has his blankie, and he's got his little COVID, and he's taking his, his children's chewable uh, Tylenol. Which is delicious, by the way. Grape flavored. Uh, so that's where he is today. But we will still call him Matt DeSanctimonious, Matt DeSanctitraitorous, and Matt DeSanctacovidus. We will use all those nicknames for him on this program going forward. However, Trump has now officially dropped the nickname Ron DeSanctimonious, cut number three. Okay. You just said, will I be using the name Ron DeSanctimonious? I said, that name is officially retired. <laughs> It's retired. Now, somebody sent me a text. I'm not going to say who, but they said, you know, DeSantis has no pride. Uh, Trump rips your wife, calls you a pedophile, yet you endorse him. He is a wuss, uses the other word for it. Uh, politics is about pragmatism. I mean, let's face it. It's about pragmatism. And you have to learn that lesson. I don't know what to tell you, but DeSantis is doing what he has to do for himself to save himself for 2028. And he has a great chance in 2028. of be- I'm not saying he's going to be the nominee. Don't, don't, don't think that I'm, I can't predict that. It's four years or five years away. But what I am saying to you, though, if, four years away, but what I am saying, though, is that there's no doubt he's now saved himself. He was going down the road of ruin and destruction. And yes, he had no choice. He had to endorse Trump. To do otherwise would have been foolish because Trump is going to win. Nikki Haley is going to get crushed in New Hampshire tomorrow. She's going to, it's not going to be close. And then she's, she's going to lose in her home state of South Carolina. I mean, that's just the reality. I don't make the rules here. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even have any influence over this because I'm not on the radio in New Hampshire. I mean, I am because the Zeoli Army is everywhere. And we have listeners, of course, across the country on the Odyssey app. But it's not, it's not anything other than the fact that Nikki Haley has made two fundamental mistakes. The first one is her steadfast support of Ukraine. Republicans don't want it. That's number one. Number two, her other mistake was attacking Trump personally on his mental acuity and all the other things that the Democrats are doing. That was a terrible mistake on her part because that kind that is going to be very hard for her to redeem. And by staying in the race all the way to the convention as the establishment's pick, which is what she's going to do, she's only going to wind up hurting herself even more. And then playing the race card and playing the woman card and the victim card and people are mocking it. Even the Babylon Bee today came out and put out a thing. Nikki Haley recalls the time escaping through the Underground Railroad. I mean, you know, she's getting mocked for that today. Like being, you know, you get picked on every day for being brown. Like, stop. Come on. 
in the deep south, you stop. But it, it as Trafalgar's pollster said, if she wants to have a future, she needs to come within a few points of Trump in New Hampshire. And I'm telling you right now, she's not going to. And if, that, if, that, if you're a Haley supporter and that makes you upset, I, I don't know what to tell you, but it's just a reality. She's not going to come within a few points of Trump tomorrow in New Hampshire. And the only reason why she stays in the race is because the establishment tells her to, and she does because she has money because they're going to pay her, you know, pay, pay her people. But this is going to be ugly tomorrow. I mean, it's going to be bad. So, you know, if you are a Haley supporter, you thought she was the answer, just be prepared for that. This is Trump's got a 20 point lead. It could be even bigger tomorrow. Now, could 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 something change? Of course, I don't see it changing. And I think that the Trafalgar groups, um, Robert Cahaley on Fox News with Maria Bartiromo put it put it correctly yesterday. She needs to get within a few points of Trump to remain a viable candidate here. Cut number six. The Washington swamp has done everything in its power to take away your voice. But this Tuesday, it is finally. And one of the things that we talked about is how Trump's appeal to the independents was how he won the New Hampshire primary the first time in 2016. And, you know, there's this idea that independents are going to break all Haley's way. But it's more independents that were Democrats and switched parties back in December is going to be her strength versus true independents. And uh, our thought is that if Haley doesn't get within four or five to get very close, that she's just not viable anymore and she can't risk coming into her home state and getting beat and getting beat soundly. That, that's the kind of stuff political obituaries are made of. Uh, and she what wants about a political that? future. She can't yeah. do it. What about that? South Carolina, I've seen polls where she's down 30 to 40 points. What, what's the story in South Carolina, which will happen very soon after? I don't think she can break 35 right now. I mean, every, all the numbers we've seen and everything we've done just kind of give her a cap. And, we, you know, with, with Vivek out and um, with DeSantis fading, the, the, the possibility that Trump can get over 60 is really there. And uh, so I, it, it really just looks like this is kind of a, a, her last stand to have viability. Uh, but, it, you know, she, she's got to be thinking about 2028 and beyond and getting creamed in South Carolina is not the way to get there. It's not the way to get there. That's an understatement. Uh, Pawn Stars lead Rick Harrison tears into the border crisis as his son Adam's tragic cause of death is revealed. A mom sues the Department of Homeland Security over her daughter's death and so much more regarding illegal immigration. Plus, uh, Dana White speaks out about all the people in Canada, all those wussies who are asking all these ridiculous questions of USC fighters and trying to allege them as being homophobic and bigoted and all the other things a lot to get to in our fourth and final hour here as we look at all the breaking news and our preview of new hampshire let's pretend like there's drama kids there isn't let's pretend like there is because it's good for radio and it's good for tv we'll be right back call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Speed of fights, you want some money, didn't you? Henry. Yeah, I want a little bit. Nothing you, crazy. Um, I, I lost more this weekend than I uh, than I won, but at least I won uh, in the UFC arena. So you you bet against uh, what's his name? Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland, right? Yes. And he lost, so you won. Correct. But you also probably bet on the Bills. I'm guessing, right? No, I didn't bet on the outcome of that game. I had some like uh, player props and parlays, but uh, nothing that bet the outcome of that game because I really wasn't sure that that could have gone any other way I mean they were were literally a kick away I mean that was a good game yesterday that was one of the best football games I've seen in a long time what do you make of the Eagles firing their uh, defensive coordinator well I mean they essentially already did that two months ago when they demoted him like that never that never happens yeah they demoted him mid-season put Matt Patricia instead yeah no that was the, the writing was on the wall back then so you think uh, Sirianni's the next to go or what? So I, I was talking with Matt Rooney about this a little bit. Uh, it's kind They're kind of in the same stage they were with like Doug Peterson at the end of Doug's tenure. So right now they're you know they're looking to get better offensive and defensive coordinators in here because clearly uh, Nick Sirianni benefited from having you know innovative play callers you know on his team. Uh, so what happened was the same thing happened with Doug. You know they won the Super Bowl. Uh, Frank Reich left to go be the coach of the Colts. Uh, he was the offensive coordinator for Doug then. Uh, then the offense for the Eagles took a tumble uh, when Jeffrey Larry went to Doug Peterson saying, hey, uh, you need to get some better coordinators in here. Let's see a list. Let's make a list. The list that Doug uh, came up with uh, didn't suffice, and he was showed the door. And that's where Nick is right now. Nick is in the process of getting better offensive and defensive coordinators in here. And if he doesn't do that, he could still be shown the door. But right now, I'd say his job is still pretty safe, considering they did go to the Super Bowl last year. Right. right. And when Doug did it, it was three years removed. I I I, uh, I tend to agree with your analysis. Um, I think if it would have happened, if it was going to happen, it would have happened already. Uh, no? Not necessarily, no. Because hmm. it was the same thing with Doug. It was like, will they, won't they? And then eventually they did. But I, I do like to think his job is safer than Doug's was at this point. People even forget Doug was there. <laughs> yeah, people still do. I mean, he just had a giant collapse. You know, he's the coach of the Jaguars, and they had a giant collapse down there in Jacksonville at the end of the season. So, you know, people are calling for his head. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, obviously, our our dream of watching an Eagles Super Bowl is over but uh do you want to make your predictions now for who we're going to see in the super bowl ah man i've been i've been wrestling with this because this is a really tough decision um on the afc side it's it's hard not to you know go against baltimore 
they're I mean, pretty been, good. They're, Some things are the best team in, in football right now. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think if they make the Super Bowl, they win just because of their dominance versus the NFC. I think Lamar Jackson, their quarterback, is fourteen and one all time versus NFC teams. So if they make it, they got a great shot at winning it. It's just you got to get past Patrick Mahomes, and as Josh Allen has learned over the years, it's easier said than done. I mean, they've been in the AFC Championship game. This is the sixth year in a row the Chiefs are in the AFC Championship game. Uh, this time they have to do it on the road, though, in Baltimore. So that's why I like Baltimore. I'll give them the slight edge. And then over on the other side, got the lowly Detroit Lions uh, visiting San Francisco to take on those 49ers. And I, I do believe that there is some sort of magic happening in Detroit. You know, all the years of, you know, they've gone 30 plus years without making the NFC Championship game, even making the playoffs. They've ne- they're an original. NFL team. They're one of the original NFL teams and they've never been to the Super Bowl. But I think this is the year they get it done. I think they smack San Francisco in the face to start the game and then just run the ball down their throat, control the clock, at least better than uh, Green Bay did on Sunday or, yeah, Saturday. And uh, that'll be your uh, Super Bowl matchup. Detroit Lions, Baltimore Ravens. Well, there you go. I don't think anybody would have thought that at the beginning of the season. Oh, no. Definitely no. not. No, I mean, no, not. the Eagles had to be in that conversation. They were betting favorites to start the year. So much for I mean, that. Is this a year Vegas just led us down the wrong road or what? Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. we'll see because right behind the Eagles was the 49ers. Right. So, they, I mean, they could still win. I mean, they're still – they got dudes everywhere. I mean, they could – might as well – they could blow out Detroit for all I know. <laughs> I mean, they really could. They have the personnel to do it. It's just can they execute, and that's – what we're finding out can they like that was that was the thing versus the Packers they got down early and the whole big thing is that 49ers always play with a lead how can they come back you know when they're down and they did to their credit they did but if they play someone like Detroit who's got an explosive offense can they come back from that now you like UFC fighting I do too I by by the way I think Mm -hmm. those guys are amazing oh yeah I mean, they are just it's 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 it's, it's fun to watch. I've been to a couple of them in person. UFC is fun. Uh, Dana White, I mean, he's just he's amazing because do I remember during COVID he he like bought an island so you'd have UFC fights on an island? Yeah, on Abu Dhabi or whatever. Yeah, he doesn't care. He just does whatever he wants. He says whatever he wants to. So Sean Strickland, you know, there, we didn't play it last week, but he he had a, he was asked all these things and he said all these things. Uh, but we do have this clip of Dana White that went viral over the weekend. So this reporter, this woke Canadian reporter, tried to bait him, UFC President Dana White, into commenting on some of former champion Sean Strickland's remarks. Um, didn't go well. Uh, take a listen. About like you obviously give a long leash to your fighters about you know what they can say when they are up there with a UFC microphone and you are getting into territory of homophobia, transphobia. Like, is there? I don't give anybody a leash. Well, I'm saying you a leash. I'm st- like free speech. I control when, what people say. Going to tell people what to believe. Going to tell people. I don't fucking tell any other human being what to say, what to think, and there's no leashes on any of them. What is your question? I was asking that question. I'll move on, though. Yeah, uh, probably a good idea. That's ridiculous to say I give somebody a leash. Free speech, brother. People can say whatever they want, and they can believe whatever they want. 
I'm assuming you dumped that. Yeah, I dumped that. <laughs> I missed that one when I was going over the... Uh, I was concerned about this, the other clip more, more so than this one. Uh, uh, man. But you see, they don't, have, they don't like free speech in Canada. They don't like, they, they're, they're, they don't like it at all. Uh, now I'm nervous about playing the next clip, but I think you, 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 got, you did a good job of getting all those F-bombs out, right? Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> if not, we're just in the same spot we were 40 seconds ago. Well, so. that's why we have a dump button. Yeah. That's why we have a delay. If you heard it on the stream, you got to hear the whole thing. Oh, so yeah. good for you. <laughs> lucky, lucky you. It's like the director's cut. <laughs> it's the director's edition. Well, that reminds me. I got to send uh, my Marvel advisor, Brian Glass, back his Batman and Robin DVDs. I forgot to do that because the ones I ordered were not the ones they needed. So I got to I got to do that. Uh, all right. So here's UFC fans in Toronto, Canada. They started chanting F Trudeau. Now, if Matt DeSanctitraitorist were here today, but today's Matt DeSanctitraitorist, I would not be allowed to make any jokes about him being Justin Trudeau's, I mean, Fidel Castro's bastard love child. Um, but since he's not here today, he's a baby at home sucking his thumb with COVID, I can say all I want. So I'll say anything I want. But all I know is that the crowd knows what I know is that he bears a striking resemblance to Fidel Castro, and they don't like him there. So here's Joe Rogan reacting to the crowd's anti-Trudeau chant, cut 17. Get your shit together. Come back. Come back to what you used to be. They hate him. I love it. It's great. UFC fans telling it like it is. All right, 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. The latest on the Supreme Court's uh, big ruling in Texas. The New Hampshire primary tomorrow. A lot more to chat about. Don't go away. We, we like to say people kind, not necessarily mankind. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's more inclusive. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the Odyssey app. But tomorrow will be Tuesday, as in the New Hampshire primary. So uh, what to watch for? Watch for Trump with a big win over Haley tomorrow. And, um, you know, the corporate media is all in on trying to make it seem like it's actually a race. And she's got a chance. They like her. And, um until they don't. And by the way, until they don't. I mean, I was just watching, uh, she was on with Nora O'Donnell on CBS Evening News, and they were in New Hampshire. And, you know, she's being grilled about her stance on abortion. So, you know, they, they like her now until they don't, because that's what happens with these so-called reasonable Republicans. But I really do think, you know, there's this new book that came out. Uh, and apparently, according to the book, Joe Biden knew Kamala Harris would be a disaster. Didn't want her to be VP. He wanted Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of Michigan, who is also a freaking disaster, but in a different way, a disaster. I mean, Kamala Harris can't speak. You know, she's not a she has terrible political instincts. She's not good at this game. She's not good at being out there in public. She'd be a terrible candidate. See, if, they, if, if she was good right now, then Biden would barely be gone. It, I mean, it wouldn't be an, an issue. She'd be, she'd be, he'd be gone. That'd be the end of it. And, you know, we'd all be moving on with our lives. But since he can't just leave her because, you know, she's the first black woman VP, they've got a major problem. But I wonder, you know, as you see this kind of story come out right now about how he didn't want her, you, you got to start to wonder if the writing's on the wall for a change. A change of some kind here, because, I mean, really, 
if there's even a chance that the, the Trump beats him, the swamp, they just can't risk it. They can't risk it. You know, and, and, and there's new stories now about Fannie Willis, the prosecutor in Georgia. There's another story that just broke about this now, the improper relationship that she had with this guy who she hired to go after Trump. I mean, this Georgia thing is, is, it's, this is over. This thing is, is over. I mean, New York Post is a story. They published it a short time ago. And they actually now are showing the receipts, like the actual credit card receipts. Um, because this whole thing is that his, his, his wife, his ex-wife is saying, hey, listen, like, you know, that I should be getting some of that money. She's claiming that he's, he, he basically left her destitute. We are not seeking her deposition as the DA. We are seeking the alleged paramour of my client's husband. I'm sure it's inconvenient. It's inconvenient for all of us. However, I have questions and she needs to answer them. Paramour is the legal word for gumada. You know, I like gumada better than paramour, but paramour to me sounds like some sort of extraterrestrial, like you're having an affair with a ghost or something. But anyway, so Willis brought these charges against Trump and um, then hired this guy, Wade, as a private attorney and then paid him about 750 Anywhere from six hundred fifty to seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, and the whole thing about this now is that his his wife, his soon to be ex wife, is saying that he was hiding money from her, and then of course using money to pay for his gumada. And they have they have the receipts now, like, like credit card statements showing that he paid for a Freedom of the Seas. Cruise Miami, um, Hyatt Regency Aruba, sounds lovely. The Norwegian Cruise Line, $3,172.20. The guy's not very good about paying his credit cards without avoiding interest because the interest charge for the total period was $275.61. Now, most people say you should try to pay off your credit card before you get slapped with interest charges. And if the guy's making that kind of cash, I really don't know why he can't, but... Nevertheless, um, he spent more than $1,000 on Freedom of the Seas, according to the documents. So now the, now the receipts are coming out. And the, um, the wife, the ex-wife, is saying she's dependent on bi-weekly payments of $700 directly to her bank account, which she uses for household and personal expenses, but claims he has been withdrawing from his account and has left it routinely overdrawn. She said that her ex is keeping money away from her. She's had to rely on her father for support until he recently passed, leaving her with no source of income. So what's going to happen here is that this guy, Wade, is going to have to go over the income with the judge. And like any other, you know, marital dispute issue when you're dealing with a divorce and you're dealing with money and you've got one side claiming that the other side was hiding money, it's going to be resolved by a judge. The question, and this is the key here, the judge says, it seems to me that Mr. Wade would be the first and best source of information about what his income has been and how he's been spending it, and he would have firsthand knowledge about whether he has engaged in an extramarital affair. So what that means is that he's going to be put on the stand, and he's going to have to say under oath whether or not he did have an extramarital affair, because it's not about having an affair. This is not like a, you know, this, she's not contesting a divorce on those grounds or anything like that. Because in order to establish whether or not he was hiding money from her, the question then becomes, were you having an affair with this person who hired you? And then <clears throat> how much money did, did you make here? And then did you keep it from your wife? 
Did you hide this in the divorce and do all these other things? So, I mean, once that becomes public, one Fannie Willis doesn't even have to necessarily testify. I mean, once it's 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 on court record that, yes, he had an affair with her. She hired him. She was using taxpayer dollars to fund this lavish lifestyle of theirs. And separately from that, you know, he's screwing over his soon to be ex-wife and you know, denying her what she's entitled to, this whole thing blows up in a big, big way. And and the judge, you know, this judge here, who's, it, it, this is, I mean, this is bad. You know, this is bad. And it's all going to happen very, very soon, like February 2nd. So all this is going to come out really, really soon. And then that means that she's going to be off the case. He's going to be off the case. And then the Trump-Georgia case is is done. It's over. It's over. So that's where that goes. It goes nowhere. So the Democrats' dreams of stopping Trump using the courts are over. Now the only question left then is is how they stop Trump from winning winning against Biden. And if that means then they've got to get rid of Biden, if that's what they have to do because it's the only chance they have, well, then they'll do it. They will They will do it. They'll find a way. All right, listen, have a great rest of your night. Tomorrow we will preview New Hampshire again on Tuesday. And uh, don't forget, we've got two great events coming up, Parks Casino and our Terry Hayes event. So make sure you join us for both, okay? Have a great rest of your night. Thank you for listening to the show. See you tomorrow. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 